Listener Production. Howdy, you are listening to episode 104 of the Howie Games, part B, featuring snowboard sensation Scotty James. Let's drop back in. Fear. Fear. I discussed fear on this show with Robbie Madison, Red Bull. Oh, yeah. You would know Robbie. Now, he would have said there isn't any. Well, now this is a man that I'm not sure is completely connected <laughs> to, to, to the real world. He is crazy. He is I've, crazy. I've spent time with Robbie. So he's crazy. You answer the pickles question. You're in a two-story pipe that's ostensibly made of concrete. Yeah, it is, it's rock yeah, ice. Yeah. It is ro- and you hear you, the way it... Yeah. You hear it. <laughs> yeah. It is not powder or anything here. Yeah. Then you... You're two stories above that. Mm-hmm. So you're four stories off the ground. Yeah. Are you crazy? Has he got one more hit? I think he does. Into the front side tent. Oh! oh! Wow, that was oh a heavy, heavy gosh. slash. I am crazy. I'm in control crazy. Okay. Yeah. Which I, guess I have moments where I am definitely crazy. I'm probably 90% of the time now I think about it because a lot of the time, for example, I'll use this as an example yes. with you. So I'm, I'm going to try a trick that I've, I've never done and it could go right, could go wrong. My way of reacting to that fear is let's find out. So I, I'm like I could hurt myself really bad or it's going to go fantastic. Like I'm very honest with myself. Generally, we've practiced so much that it's going to go right. But, but I, but my mentality is, let's find out. I like I don't know until I try. So I, I'm not going to try and process it so much to get to the point where I'm like, okay, now I'm going to be able to do it. It's more so, I'm going to do it now because let's find out how it's going to go. So how much <laughs> of your day to day job is fear? Oh. 90%. It'll be another big 900. Oh, God. Wowzers. Oh my so God. buckling on the deck right there, being thrown into the flats. Ladies and gentlemen, you know, these are some of the risks that come with professional snowboarding. There you see Gretchen's family right there. This is why the athletes wear helmets. Well, okay, let's talk about fear because most of us, well, most of us get to this stage and we don't put ourselves in fearful positions because yeah, we don't like being scared. So how have you learned to cope with it, Scott? I've learned to cope with it by on snow has been big, but also actually more so away from the snow. Um, I went and spoke to the Essendon Football Club last year. The whole team, when they just came off the, probably the worst loss I've watched Essendon, I think I forget who it was to. Oh, and the week after, yeah, someone, got, yeah, it was really bad. You're an Essendon supporter, and um, and Langford hit me up on Instagram, funnily enough, and said, "Hey, we'd love you to come in and talk." Typically, for me, I would just say no because I'm very uh, that kind of thing. Like, makes me a bit uncomfortable. Public speaking makes me uncomfortable. I, I really love having a chat like now. Yep, but getting up in front of a room. I'd never done, you know, a basically this is it. Like my preparation for that was I wrote down key dot points that had happened in my life and I walked in, the whole team was there and coaching staff. And I definitely, I was like re- like more nervous than I would be in the half pipe, but I did it because 
A, I love the Bombers. It was an awesome opportunity. And B, was that I wanted to scare myself away from the snowboarding. So, and I did. And it was re- made me really uncomfortable. So I'm looking at ways how I can be uncomfortable away from my sport because if I can do that and overcome those fears, then the snowboarding element is easy because I know that. I know that's my world, so I can do it. But if I do things that isn't my world, like public speaking or maybe I'll wear a pair of pants that mm, I'm not sure if I should wear them because that guy might say something about it or I'll get funny looks or whatever it might be, <laughs> I'd do it because I'm like, no, nah, because I feel good in this. I'm going to go and do it. And How'd the talk go? I think it went pretty good. Okay. Maybe you should get an Essendon player on here and you ask them. I will. But uh, it was really good. Like, it was great because I think it was very relative to. And I love that with sport and athletes and getting time to talk to people about it because I think that's something that I've learned as well from what you do to what I do to what, you know, someone down the hallway does is actually our. What we're what our end goal is all the same. Our processes aren't the same, but I feel like success is being happy. So if we can have a good podcast or we can chat because yep. you're probably happy down bowing heads with your kids and having a good time, but if it, the circumstances were different, then life's shit, jobs shit, mm. probably I'm snowboarding shit. All these things suck, but the root of what it is to get to that point of success is actually finding what makes you happy and it sounds really fluffy and rainbows and all that stuff Mm -hmm. but it's actually it's yeah i feel like it's um it's it's a it's a big key it's a very in-depth view of the world from a man that's 25 years of age though but then (laughs) it's relative because you're learning these lessons that most of us learn at 35 at Mm. age 13 14 15 so that's okay you can go and speak to essendon and the worst thing there that can happen is they'll say, oh, gee, that's Scotty James, he's a buddy snowboarder, yeah. he's hanging in his pants, he's a knob, <laughs> geez, he didn't give as much. That's the worst thing that can happen, which is a horrible thing to happen, but it's not falling off the fourth story of a building and landing on concrete, yes. which is what happens if it goes wrong. So I, I want to ask you again, how have you learnt to deal with the fear of your actual job where you could really hurt yourself? Like, you know, let's, well, people have died. Yeah. In the half pot. Yeah. I think um, it's obviously something I don't think about often is that element, but it is, I'm, I'm, I think I am so in tune with it that I am able to manage it quite well when it is, like I am fearful. I think it comes down to how well you can manage it. So you admit that you, you you might be standing at the top thing as a new trick. You you feel fear. It's not like you. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Okay. In the moment, I'm very scared. How does that fear manifest in yourself? It Is builds it- up to a point where uh, you start to overthink. Uh, I would typically, if I if I wait too long and I'm and I'm taking too much time, I'm overthinking and the fear is overcoming me. But if I do my warm up and I get ready and I get used to, you know, the environment and the thing that I'm trying to do, I can overcome fear pretty quickly just because I'm very comfortable with my surroundings and my coaches and my team. And that's the other thing as well that helps the fear element is having good support, having a coach, someone that 
Like if James told me to slap a fish on my face because it's going to make me better, I'll slap a fish on my face from nine to five. And when I'm learning a trick, if I come up to him and he nods at me and he says, you're ready, then I'll go up and I'll do it because I trust everyone around me. Trust. And it'll over, that trust definitely makes me overcome what could happen because like you said, we we all live in fear. Like it's just how it is and I just don't want to be, I just want to just keep overcoming, keep overcoming, keep overcoming and it's scary but. You haven't had many injuries though, for, considering what you do. Like, what's your worst crash on the on a half pipe? I've had a few really good ones. Um, good being bad. Good being bad. Yeah, uh, my brother has them all on footage. And Describe to me a bad crash. A bad crash. Um, any every snowboard uh, every snowboard half pipe athlete's biggest fear is landing on the on the deck. So um, basically, you got the twenty two foot wall. You do the trick above that. And then if you go out the wrong way, you land on the top of it and then you'll bounce from 22 foot. So you come, so basically it's like jumping from a four-story building, landing on the second story on the concrete and yep. then landing on the ice on the on the ground floor. This doesn't sound ideal. No, it's not nice. We've all done it. You've Everyone's done it? Like, oh, yeah, I've done it many, many times. So and when do you realise? Straight away. And then what can you do? And how are you feeling? Does it slow down like car racing drivers talk about? It uh, definitely, like for me, I'll have a moment where I feel like I just swallowed my tongue and I like get really pent up inside. This is why you're in midair. Yeah, midair. And then I try and navigate where I am, see, you know, how far out have I gone or what's gone wrong. And Sometimes you can come out okay and then sometimes you don't and you just have to brace and take the hit. But And what's the hit involve? Hit involves hitting the wall and then falling down into the half pipe and I've got footage on my phone if you want to see one. But uh yeah, it's, it's let's not try nice. let's try and do a visual representation. I can't I can't remember. It's it's a while ago. I think I have one on my um that's right. I can pause this at any particular time. No. If you're happy to. I don't want it to take you back to... No, that's right. You're a modern athlete, though, mate. It's that's in, what it's, it's about, It's enjoyable. It? you got to, you know, I fall for people, other people's entertainment sometimes. Mm. How you can enjoy this. Yeah, I'm a bit <laughs> squeamish. I don't typically enjoy these things. Um, but, yeah, that's that's like, that's the biggest fear. You go up, land on the deck, come down and hit pretty hard. So have we broken many bones? Um, I've done wrists quite a few times. Um, I've done I've, I've like concussions. Um, Does that concern you? Yeah, for sure. I think it concerns my mum more than yep. it concerns me. It should concern you. I think, uh, I think what, like for example, you know, there's a movie, Kevin, um, Kevin Pierce, he doesn't say what anymore, but he was the best. And he had a very, very tragic ad- accident before the um, 2010 Olympics. Phenomenal documentary. Yeah. I can't watch it. So that, that for example, I can't watch that because I, I don't want to be like, you know, what if that happened to me kind As of in thing. paraplegia. Yeah. Well, he just ended up with a really bad um, brain, brain injury. injury. And he basically just can't competitively snowboard anymore. Um, so as an intelligent young man, do you just put that to the side? Do you, do you just wipe it away? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Okay. You got your video? 
I think I got it. Um, yeah, pretty much. I just I just disregard it and look the other way, basically. Does this video come with audio? Oh. I got up from that. So you know, that's a 22 foot wall, and then you hit the top, bang. It happens so quick that you, you can't really. Uh, Who's providing the commentary there? My brother. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. Um, but yeah, overcoming. I think it's trust. I mean, use someone as, like, yeah. I think we've got a few screws loose, no doubt. Okay. <laughs> the last Olympics. So started 2010 as a 15-year-old, Sochi, so you're 19. Mm-hmm. Pyeongchang, Korea. The opportunity to carry the flag. Mm-hmm. I had Lauren Jackson on this show who did it at the Summer Olympics, yeah. and she talked about she didn't think she was deserving. Um, remarkable athlete, remarkable woman, Lauren. How do you find out that you're going to be given what is, let's be honest, the biggest honour that the country can bestow on you in a sporting way? Is yeah. that the way you view it? 100%. Yeah, I am. Um, like, I... Yeah, watching my first Olympics, I remember like thinking, how, how awesome would that be? I mm. think it was Andrew Gaze in Sydney, two thousand, was carrying the flag. Yeah, I remember watching that and just being like, "Oh, that looks just awesome!" And at the time, you're probably going, "Oh, how cool!" You know, he's walking out in front of millions of people. And then, <laughs> how my opportunity came up was, I was about to travel to Pyeongchang, and I got a call from Ian Chesterman. Uh, who is the chef de mission of our of the Australian team or was and he said to me he goes Scotty we'd love you know said that congrats on all the success and um, talked about you know I'm very proud Australian and etc cetera, etc cetera. and he said I'd love you to walk the team into the Pyeongchang Olympics and at, at the time you kind of think oh he's taking the piss like surely <laughs> And I, and um, and being, I, I, how old was I? I was twenty three, so it's twenty three, and it's 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 really interesting feeling because when he told me, it didn't really hit me until they announced it that I was doing it. Ladies and gentlemen, the flag bearer for this Australian team at the Pyeongchang Winter Olympic Games is Scotty James. And because I was coming into the event being um, being one of the favourites, do quite well. The I I was within my inner circle saying, "Is this something I should do?" Because I wouldn't do this if it were any other competition. I got you, hundred percent. And that's something we always do. No competition is every any different. It could be the could be a small domestic one here. I got to take it, go as hard at it as I would if it were the Olympic Games. So I, I I thought about it for sure. I said yes, but then of course I was thinking in my head, I was like, maybe this is the wrong thing to do because it's you know not a typical preparation for me. You can't say no though, can you? No, you but can't. You can't. I understand what you're saying, but you can't say no. No. And I rang the guy I work with, Stu, and I said, and he, we both were just like, what an amazing experience and opportunity it would be. Like you got to do it. You can't not do it. And it doesn't matter. Someone actually did say to me, oh, well, now you carried the flag, you got to win a medal. And I thought, 
at the time I'm like, yeah, and then I went home. I was like, shit, they're mm. right. Like you got you got to mm-hmm. when you walk the team in, you're kind of setting the you setting the tone that I'm here to you know get work done, and I want everyone else to do it. About to go out. It's gonna be awesome. Um, there's a nice uh, breeze. It's a very, uh, it's a very, uh, what's the word? Um, oh, can't, I can't. Think you are of the, the leader word. of the team. Yeah, you walk in and you, and and something that you've always dreamed about, and yeah, it's it's pretty amazing. Loved it. How was that? That was awesome. <laughs> Absolutely loved it. It was really cool, and we had some good wind. I think I tangled it once, but you know. Then after that, I think I enjoyed it so much that I just kind of forgot about it. And then I was obviously straight into the half pipe. But you're definitely carrying some weight on your shoulders. Mm. And I absolutely love Patriot. Patriotic was the one. Everyone becomes extra patriotic about their countries. And yep. um, I also was like, even more so now, I want to just beat everyone because hmm. we're Australia. From We're from Australia where we are typically not at the mountains, where, you know, the underdog in this world, but we will smash you. That was like how I felt. So it was like really awesome. More of Scotty in a moment. 20 years since the great woman Catherine Freeman took the country on her back for 400 metres and created one of Australia's most indelible sporting moments. If you haven't already listened to it, I reckon you will get a real lift from Cathy Zepp. It was back on show 24. Cathy went into extraordinary detail describing that famous night in Sydney. I'm in the call room and, and that's where you start to feel really vulnerable, mate. You start to... That's where you, the fear, <laughs> that's where real, the emotions become sharper and more powerful than ever. And I'm sure competitors, we can all relate to it. Performers, you know, those moments mm. before you go, you, you're on your own, the coach is left behind at the track and the final last words are said. <laughs> what and, were the final last words? Um, not a lot, just... I can't even remember. All I remember was the, the sentiment and the collective feeling of... Uh, a calm, I think, is really the word. I, I've never really described these moments in the way I am now. So, yeah. Um, but I remember there was a moment with Seuss, my training partner and my coach, and quite hush sort of feeling. And and it's in that moment where you feel like you're a lamb going off to slaughter. And I mean that <laughs> wholeheartedly. Wow. Like you've, you're so vulnerable and it's like, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> But you don't say that out aloud or you don't think it. You just body knows it. But that's a, it's not um, in the scared feeling of where everything's falling apart. It's a feeling of, all right, this is it now. There's no turning back feeling. And we, you know that feeling? Yep. And so the core room is everybody's quiet, sitting there with seven other girls, and we're all scared and mm. we're all nervous and we're all anxious and we all know that this is it, but we can't say much. Some girls sit there with their headphones on, some move around the place, stretch, drink water. I probably would have... I, I always tended to just sit there and shake my legs and keep the legs limbered and making sure I'm feeling relaxed and very clear. And then, you know, you know, bottom line is once you know you get out there, you know you're going to be fine. And, and it's... A, it's just a matter of experience, you know, and um, and embracing it a bit and just holding it and being in it. 
and not trying to control it because that's where I think the tension comes in and people lose a plot. Mm. <laughs> we all, we've all been there. Um, but, like, walking towards in between the call room near the warm-up track to the stadium, it get, now that gets really interesting because... You know, I, I found the call room pretty interesting <laughs> at this point. I'm not sure where you're going, but oh, I found boy. the last bit pretty interesting. <laughs> the legend that is Kathy Freeman in episode 24 of the show. Go back and check it out. All right, back to Scotty. So, so the competition <laughs> itself. For those that know anything about snowboarding, you're up against Sean White, the Flying Tomato. The this is a bad, bad analogy, but I'm going to make it anyway. The Kelly Slater of snowboarding. Mm-hmm two-time Olympic gold medalist, and then he, he hadn't won in Sochi because it was my man, the Russian iPod. Yes. iPod. Yuri Bandajikov. Yeah, he got up. Um, Sean White, can he do it again? Yeah. You're going head-to-head in press conferences. Do you want to take it up from here, or do you want me to say, <laughs> in the end, this is what happened? Whatever you want to do. Well, he wins gold. You yep. win a bronze medal. Yeah. Outstanding achievement. The mm. first Australian to ever win a Olympic male medal in the half pipe. Yep. You've done something no one else has done before. Mm. Is this a good result? Uh, obviously, I would have liked to have won gold. Yes. I don't think I was far off it. Um, and thing with Sean is that he's always had the power over a lot of athletes because he's Sean. And me being exactly Kelly Slater. Scotty James is about to drop in on maybe the biggest run of his life. From Australia, he wants the gold desperately. Representing Warren Dyed, Australia in the pipe, third and final run. Front side 1260 stomps that into a backside 1260 and lands that beautifully. Now into oh. And going for it, we lost the camera angle there. I think that was the front side, 1440 possibly he was going for. We lost the camera angle, but he unfortunately goes down, so this will not challenge the gold medal position. Hot break for Scotty James. There's been so much talk in the press about him and his rivalry with Sean White. And me being um, from Australia, I've always used my background as a way to see past all that stuff and for him when when whenever we would go back and forth he and I are never we don't not we never have like exchanged any bad words or nothing like that but like we both wear a heart on our sleeves and we we're both there to win and we're not going to waste our time bullshitting to each other pretending we like each other you can't and we didn't and um and the th- coolest thing is, for sure, there were times when I thought to myself, because it's just the reality is that, you know, I grew up going up to local resorts here. One of the very, very early movies that I watched was The White Album, and Sean White was obviously this big hero of snowboarding, and, you know, my dad loved him and my family and everyone watched him. He's, he's that guy. And not once did I ever think, of course, you know, I'm going to go and compete against <laughs> this guy one day. And the first time was... Uh, would have been at Vancouver 2010, which the Olympics, won. which he won. And then to then be in the same realm and the same area and the same competitive attitude that I want to beat you now, it's like I'm putting aside what I think of you as this person 
um, and I just want to beat you. That was all it was. And he and I have like, I was always like, I'd poke him a bit at press conferences because no one did that to Sean. Um, and still, I mean, he might come back and that would be fantastic. Like if he does, but he's always been really good at channeling that on people too. Like he makes people feel like I'm, I'm this and you're that. So don't even Mm. try. And I just kind of saw through the bullshit and the hype. You know, I've seen, I've seen things, you know, competing now that I'm like, yeah, right. It's just like everyone else and whatever else. And you got to see through it. Otherwise it's just, you're defeated. Well, how can you beat them otherwise? Yeah, exactly. So, um, so, so I then in the lead up to the Olympic games is that it's very, it's a very tough, like interesting thing is that I can best relate it to, honestly, now I'm familiar with formula one and I can best relate it to that in a way where it's not the same, but it has elements where it's very similar. Mercedes are the best because they have the most funding. They absolutely smash it because they just and Ferrari they evolve they have the money it's it's endless they can just keep going keep going keep going Sean is a and Ayumu who came second if you have the support and you have the ability to have your own environment aka your own half pipe which both of them more so Sean he's always had his own half pipes when you get that well he's got his own yeah, he's so, always had his own half pipes in the lead up to the Olympics. So just for him. Just for him. Wow. So he goes and he learns flat out. Is this enough from Sean White? It would be one of the most memorable, historic, legendary runs in snowboarding history. Once again, questions asked of Sean White. Has he answered them? Yes, he has. Sean White takes gold in Pyeongchang in the most emphatic fashion. The last run of the day. Repetition, 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 repetition. And then I'm going up and I'm trying to do the same, but I've now got the Japan, China, America, Canada. Half pipe falls apart. You only get so much done in a day. And then he's off somewhere else. Right, I didn't know this. Getting it done flat out. I did so, not know this. Not discrediting his ability, and he is a f- amazing, amazing snowboarder and athlete, and I admire him. But I would be, you know, for me, I'm like, well, if I had the same opportunity, I I would be right there. I'd be more competitive and more consistent and do these groundbreaking tricks, and it might be like you know, something that I'm working on and I'm trying to get it done and I think it will happen in the in the future before the next games, which would be amazing. But that is huge. The repetition is everything. And he's always had the ability to do that better than anyone else. And um and he knows that too. And we all know that. It's no secret. And so so I'm gonna um build your half I don't know how I'm going to do it. I'm going to build you one so you can train it for two years maybe, before the next maybe one. Maybe one of your 40 million subscribers can... Uh, <laughs> maybe a little donation. Has anyone got any coin? <laughs> well, I not from this podcast. it doesn't cost much. <laughs> no. So the next one's... Um, it's Beijing, isn't it? The next Winter Olympics. The next one's 22? 2022. Yep. Okay. So again, I'll ask you... You've done something no Australian man has ever done. How did you walk away from the Olympics? With a, with a, with a bronze medal, you're like, everything I've done, fantastic. 
or have you taken the Grant Hackett approach who's been on this show, which is the absolute end of the spectrum that he was disgusted when he didn't win? Um, I was a bit of both. I think I was very realistic in what I was just talking about, mm. about if, if, if but and why it's all bullshit because it doesn't matter. It's happened now. But if I, if I look now forward and I go, okay, what did I do in preparation? That could have been better. A one half pipe. That would, that's, that's the first box I got to tick because I'll get my own time. I'll get repetition. I'll do the tricks that I want to do. And then I can be in a position that I will win as long as I deliver on the day. That's one thing. Um, that was probably the main thing is that I knew that on the day I basically would have had to have done just something absolutely groundbreaking, which I was close to on my second run and I didn't quite get there. Um, so there was an element of me being like shattered that I didn't win because I wanted to win, but then also being like, why didn't I win? I had to be honest and I am always honest with myself. And the reason why is that I probably just didn't, I didn't have the tricks. Um, I didn't quite have the tie as much time. The preparation probably wasn't as finely tuned as it, as it could have been. And that's not anyone's fault. Mm. That's just a learning curve that I've experienced now that I'll make better next time. Um, and he was just, yeah, he was, he was really well prepared and I walked away with the bronze and I, Yumu, I mean, he kind of gets thrown under the rug. He's absolutely incredible snowboarder too from Japan. And, um, yeah, he just, he won and he's great. I mean, he's a freaking amazing athlete. So, so say we get to Beijing, we're having this discussion. In weeks. short, I was pretty pissed off, but I was also like amazing to get a bronze medal, but how can I turn it to gold? That was my mentality. It's amazing you got bronze, mate, and yeah. I hope you do turn it to gold. <laughs> if you don't turn it to gold, we finish happy? Um, yeah, because I'd look at my entire career and I would be very happy. I mean, I think that's the big thing we work on now is that it's one event in four years. You know, I've got X Games next year and I've, you know, I've exceeded in that more than I ever thought I would. I've got five medals now and it's let's make – Let's win that again. Let's win it again the year after that. Let's like keep being just an all-round best snowboarder. Then the rest will come. But it doesn't bother me. The so if it gets to Beijing, um, I follow Formula One closely, mm -hmm. and you don't get the half pipe. Mm -hmm. So you're in a. That's your your daughter pickle. No, you're in a Renault. You're in Dan's car. Ah, right? Okay, yep. Because <laughs> you haven't had the chance. To yeah. go in the half pipe by yeah. yourself, like yeah. some of your competitors have. Yeah. How do you mentally put that out of your mind to say, right, this is not going to happen again? I haven't. I'm Scotty James, and for the last hour and a half, I've been talking about the fact that I want to prepare better than anyone else. But because of reasons out of my control, I know I haven't been able to. Well, I've just, I've been doing that. Like, I'm just, um, it sounds like, and I. You know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. I would say now, for the past three years that I've, been winning more often it's about what i it's what i've got right now what can i do with what i've got how can i maximize that right. which i've always done in the past five years yeah but if i end up in a shit car in that example and i'm pulling up to the start line in that moment you just give it everything you have of course but i think it's also making sure that i've ticked every box even more than i thought i would have 
before that. So, yeah, just being, uh, I've always had a lot of grit and I just find it more and more and more and everything that I could to make sure that I set myself up in the best position. Um, and I think <laughs> using the car as an example, like literally I think, you know, on a straight line one car is going to beat the other, but in the half pipe on that day, mm. you can be better than that person that says it the best because you can find it within yourself and you can go another foot higher, you can be cleaner, you can go do something absolutely amazing in that moment and you'll win so it's not out of the picture it's not like i'm going today and i'm it's you know it's game over which would be a formula one driver it's like i'm not going to win today but i might you know get to sixth or fifth or whatever and that's a good day whereas half pipe you're like i could i could find a way to get there so that that probably gives you a bit more yeah it does i hope you do um you now you face the eight-year-old yeah. The big penguin. Okay, the penguin. Is how he rolls. Pickles and penguin. Yes. Um, passionate um, man about a lot of things in life for an eight-year-old. Um, okay. Yes, I showed him this clip this morning. I presume this is where you were because it didn't say. I've taken a punt and this is what I told him it was, so I hope we've got this right together. All right, here we go. Hi, Scotty James, big penguin here. I watched some videos of you snowboarding. Oh, wow. It was amazing. And I've also heard you've been to Kelly Slater's wave pool. i got two questions for you. One, what was it like to be in Kelly Slater's wave pool? And two, could you please, please, please ask Kelly Slater if I can have a go? Please. <laughs> you definitely told him to say that, didn't you? No, I didn't. <laughs> no, I've been chasing Kelly Slater to come on this show for three years. Yeah. He would be amazing to talk to. We'll get there. We'll get there. Um, yeah. So it was the Slater Wave pool that you're on? It was, yeah. It was, uh, oh, that was probably one of the better things I've done in my life. Was it? Yeah. That's I what love I surfing. Hear. And yeah, that was just incredible. Like I've never been barreled before. And like you go from not being barreled to like really being like barreled. And it was pretty awesome. Like just waves from 7 till 5 in the afternoon all day in crystal just perfect wave like you can't it doesn't get better and not only that they make sure they try not to have you paddle too much so you don't get tired before the day's over. So <laughs> get stuffed, Scotty. Yeah. <laughs> so I was catching waves back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And if I came off midway, they'd come past on jet ski and take me back to the start. And it's just insane. But um, talk about revolutionising a sport yeah. and seeing just the whole thing was Progress. pretty spe- special. Yeah. So the second part of the question, can mm. you get him in there? I didn't even know I could get in there. So, <laughs> <laughs> Have you been to Urban Surf in Melbourne? I haven't yet, right. no. I, um, I'd love to go. It looks really yeah. enjoyable. It's fun. Have you gone? I fell off every type of wave they have. Yeah. yeah. No, it's outstanding. Yeah. It's outstanding. Hey, mate, you've been generous with your time. Um, I think we met once very briefly in Sochi. Mm-hmm. You won't remember it. You were in competition mode. I came today thinking, hmm, I don't know how this will go. Is there enough 
I'll be honest with you, is there enough layers to this bloke to make an interesting podcast? Mm. Um, I had no idea of the depth of the way you look at the world. Um, fascinating discussion, my friend. Yeah, enjoyed it. I always um, love a good chin wag. You've got a unique perspective for a young man. So the uh, uh, two more questions for you. You're not, up, you're not off the hook yet. So what are you going to do with this new unique perspective you have on life when you stop competing? Hmm. It needs uh, to be harnessed, I feel. Yeah, I think... To do good for I the think world. Credit to, I think credit to my team for a lot of Absolutely. the way that I kind of go about every day. But, I mean, tooting my own horn, I probably have just taken on board a lot and I've seen how it's worked for me and taken the initiative to want to be different. I feel like a lot of us, even myself included, can get very stuck in our own ways and it can be hard to evolve that way. So being very open-minded is important. But I don't know. I love sport. Uh, love, I don't know, there's a lot of things, but who knows where it will take me. And I don't know if that's a very uh, typical snowboard thing to be, but just going with the flow. I guess Nat Fife is a football player. He mm. does the same thing. But he does. Where it will take me, I'm not sure. But at the moment, you know, my goal is to continue to be the best I can be at, at my um, sport and let the rest do, let the rest happen. I will follow the journey closely. Last question for you. As I said to you halfway through, we're lucky enough to have a lot of kids listen to this show, which yes. fills me with joy. Great. Um, and so many of them listen with their parents and they're all trying to achieve things in their little lives, mm. whether it's to be better at the piano or be a champion snowboarder or be the best at debating at school or open the batting for Australia. If you could give them one bit of advice for a man that's had to grow up very quickly as to how they should go about trying to achieve success in their life, what would it be? And this is the hardest question always on the podcast. Always be who, it's really cliche, but always be the person that you want to be. You don't have to, I think it doesn't mean in an in athlete world, I think, Sometimes athletes can be perceived as a bit um, arrogant. I don't like that word. I don't like cocky. I don't like any of those things because I think sometimes from my side looking out or looking in on athletes is like they're probably just so happy with themselves doing what they want to do, mm -hmm. which is the key to life. It's that success. And whether we think it's right or wrong, and I'm not saying a lot of the stuff that happens is right, but there's so there's so much more positive in life to actually being very comfortable with yourself and and as a person than anything and that's like the absolute goal of life and you'll enjoy it more you'll enjoy your sport more you'll be more successful if that's what you want and you want to do whatever it may be it might be in Robbie's case jump a football field on a motorbike i don't know but mm. I, I see Robbie and I see someone that has been so passionate about what he does and he's never let his surroundings or in kids' cases, um, their environment at, at, at school or football club or soccer or tennis, whatever it is, define them as a person. So if you can eliminate that factor, you're going to be a very, 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 very happy and great, successful person. 
I love it, Scotty. This show's all about positivity, and that is a perfect positive answer. Hey, mate, thanks for joining me on the Howie Games. May you have tremendous success moving forward. Thank you. And I know that everyone listens to this. If they weren't into snowboarding, they will watch with interest to see how you go. Good on you, mate. Awesome. Thank you. Fascinating, fascinating fella is Scotty James. I hope he gets that half pipe to train on and that he achieves all that he hopes for in his sport. I absolutely love what that young man represents. Thanks to Darcy Thompson for getting the stuff done as always. And thanks to you all for listening. Until next Thursday with the Steve Smith player profile, peace and love. And we can do it if we try, try, try. If we try, try, try If we try, try, try Listener